Happy Resurrection Day. Yeah, this is a, this is a glorious day. I, I, love, I love this resurrection, res, resurrection Day. I know a lot of times we grew up calling it something else. And uh, I, when I got a revelation, I've not called it that ever since. Um, I believe that it is far too important to relegate it to something pagan. And this is the day that our Lord, our Savior, uh, got out of the grave. I mean, that, that's a big thing. You know, I, I know, yes, get, let's give Jesus a big hand. The, the book of Hebrews says that uh, before Jesus, mankind was always in fear of death. You know why? Because uh, it was uh, in inevitable, and once you went there, you were there. But Jesus went in and, as it were, dismantled death. He destroyed its power. That is so huge. And the way he did it was he was, Jesus was an innocent man. And uh, he took on our, our sin. But he was an innocent man, killed as a criminal. But I know he, he was killed on one hand. He gave up his life because nobody could really take it. So the scripture is very, very powerful in letting us know that nobody just came up to Jesus and said, I'll kill you. He couldn't do it. You know, no matter what they did, it could, they could not do it. He said, no man takes my life. I mean, this is a lamb talking, not some bully, not some lion, but a lamb saying, nobody takes my life. Nobody can take my life. I, I have authority for my, my, my daddy to say, nobody can take my life. You know, I am the eternal life. You know, that is big. That's so big. And I know post-resurrection, we just... We're just sort of what we call nonchalant. You know, we just go, well, you know, yeah, Jesus died and Jesus rose again. Well, that's huge. You should be screaming and shouting or something. I mean, that's big. In the second service, we had a, uh, it, it got a little noisy here. And, and, uh, and I, it doesn't make me nervous. It doesn't make me nervous. I know some people want to go to a church that is acceptable to, to people who don't love Jesus. But I don't believe like that. They want to go to one of those nice, dignified places where nobody gets excited about anything because they don't have anything to get excited about. But, but Jesus dying for me makes me excited. But, yeah. 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 Because, you know, the Bible is very, very clear that uh, the, the search was made in heaven and in earth, and there was nobody worthy. There was no, absolutely nobody worthy. And so it doesn't matter how great Abraham was, his blood was not worthy. It doesn't matter how mighty of a warrior David was, he needed a savior too. And so when Jesus saved us, he did what no one else could do. And, and you and I, we ought to be excited. I'm excited even today about it, today about it. Uh, I'm going to give you a little testimony, and, and I, we don't have a lot of time today. But if you'll come to church next week, we'll, get, we'll tell you more of the story. And, uh, yeah, you'll come Wednesday, we'll tell you more, and then we'll tell you some more next Sunday, we'll, the following Wednesday, and we'll just try to tell everything we know about Jesus. Everything, we'll tell you. Uh, yeah, everything. You know, you know but uh, G Jesus is so amazing. Last night I was thinking about him, and I was just sitting down thinking about him and started to cry. And I thought, God, what's wrong with me? You know, am, am I having one of those days or what? And I uh, sneaked out of the rooms because I didn't want my wife to see me crying. You know, she's seen me cry once or twice. But I, I sneaked out and I dried my eyes. I came back in. I started to do it again. Every time I think of Jesus, I would weep. And I said, God, what, what is going on? I'm weeping all the time. 
It is because he is so great, so amazing, so wonderful, so deserving of everything we can do and then more. That's who Jesus is. Let's not be ashamed of Jesus Christ. I, I want anyone who loves Jesus, I want, I want them to be, as it were, vying for second or third place. I don't want anyone to love Jesus more than me. And that's just the way I feel. You might say, well, I've got you beat. Well, you may, but I'm, I'm, I think I've got you beat. So thank you, Jesus. Um, we were singing so many songs today. I, I, in the second service, I, I, I had a, a, an experience. And I've never, ever in my life felt like rushing the stage, you know. You have these concerts, people rush the stage. And I had this sense, I'm going to rush the stage, you know. I, I, that, that was, may I just be myself for a few minutes? That was crazy. I thought, I want to rush the stage, you know. Uh, we were saying, what was that song? Forever? Forever. I mean, they Ah, oh, ah, oh, this is what those crazy folks feel like in those secular concerts, I guess. But, but I felt like rushing the stage. And I, I had a, such a sense, I was caught up in the worship of Jesus and who he is, what he's done, and the fact that what he has done can never be undone. And he loves us so much, he's going to take us to eternity with him. Wow, amazing. And so don't be nonchalant about your salvation. Don't just be, as it were, happy-go-lucky. You know, don't be like people who don't know him. You know, and our praise and worship is just, I think some of the young people call it off the chain. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you so much uh, for that, Brother James and team. Um, let me say a couple of things other than that. Our sister Maria, you know Maria Durham, who's kind of stands uh, up here. She's up here. And she kind of does the shaky thing, dance kind of. <clears throat> anyway, she's in the hospital, and uh, that's what uh, Brother Ellie and Sister Rose were praying about. She is in the hospital with her husband. Her, no, her husband took her, um, or he followed them there. Followed the ambulance there. They put her there because she has um, adenocarcinoma, and it, it's a, a bad. They wanted to get her there right away, and don't didn't know exactly what kind of shape she's in, but she was talking to him, so I think she's in pretty good shape. And uh, I hope she was putting him in his place. That means she's in really good shape. Yeah, but, but she, uh, <laughs> but anyway, she, that's our sister Maria. Wanted you to know fully, more fully about that. And then also our sister Sasha, uh, Rudy and Sasha, you know, Rudy and Sasha sit back there with little, little babies. They went to, uh, to the valley uh, for um, uh, for this day, for Resurrection Day, and uh, when they, I think they met a fa uh, terrible news, uh, her brother was sick and and he passed away in, in there. And uh, last night he uh, he passed away. And I uh, talked to Rudy late in the night. I didn't know if he was doing good because I'm going to pray that you make it. No matter if your if your head is cut halfway off, I'm not going to say, "Well, that's it." I'm going to say, "No." I'm going to pray. Jesus put it back. And that's how I believe. I believe if people can't pray, you ought to pray if you can. That's how I believe. You know, and when our loved ones are get, get very, very sick, don't you give up too, you know. And so that's how we did that. So we need to pray for Rudy and Sasha. And uh, let's keep doing that. Let's talk a little bit about resurrection. I don't have a lot of time, as I've said. But I'm going to take the time I have 
to talk about resurrection. Jesus is just so beautiful, and we sang about that today, um, and uh, that, that he's, he is, he's beautiful. His face is beautiful. And as we were singing about that, I thought about uh, what is it we see in his face? Is it that he's beautiful because he's just so handsome? You know, yes, I'm sure that Jesus uh, does not, uh, you know, uh, cause you to frown when you look at his face. But I would say it has more to do with the fact that he exudes the attributes of God, that when you see Jesus, that you see uh, uh, humility and like you have never seen humility. You see grace like you have never known it. You see mercy, like, like even greater than what you thought you needed. You, you see joy and love in Jesus, and you want to be with him. You, you want to be with him. I've seen people so much like Jesus. I wanted to be their friend. I just want to be your friend. I want to hang out with you because you're so much like Jesus. And this is what we mean. This is what God has given to us through Jesus. And let's not lose it. This resurrection day is so mighty and amazing that a man got out of the grave. A man beat death. I, I love that. A man beat death. And, and, and that man is now our life. Our life. When you and I have the life of God, we have the resurrection living inside us. I love the fact that in John chapter 11, when um, uh, Jesus had gotten the news that Lazarus, his good friend, was very sick, he stayed there two more days. If I get news that somebody's sick and I stay there two more days, I'm not the pastor anymore, you know. <laughs> Jesus stayed two more days, and uh, he did it because he was going to reveal the glory of God. But if I stay two more days, it's going to reveal how angry you are with me. The thing is, the thing about this story is so amazing. When Jesus said to his disciples, let's go to Bethany, and uh, old Thomas said, well, let's go and die with him because the Jews want to kill him there. And, but Jesus said, well, let's go wake up Lazarus. The disciples basically said, there's no reason to go wake him up because if he's sleeping, he'll, he'll get, probably get well. He says, well, he's dead. I'm glad I wasn't there. I'm going to wake him, but there, I'm glad I wasn't there. I, I want you to believe. I want you to believe. What did Jesus want that inner circle to believe? That I am the Messiah. And when Jesus does things for you, he wants you to continue to believe that he is who he's told you he is. When I was a boy, they would sing a song. He may not come when you want him. Always on time. Jesus has, sometimes it's like been tardy. You know what I'm saying? It's like the bell has rung and Jesus is like tardy or something. You know, Jesus, I told you I needed you back there. But when he came, I go, oh, oh, thank you for what you have done. Because he didn't come according to my time clock. He came according to his time clock. His time clock is not set by anything earthly. It is not a result of feelings. So that's who Jesus is. He's, a, he's great. And you and I have been invited into eternal fellowship with him. I don't have anything in my, um, in my DNA. I don't have anything in my soul, my spirit that can define 
or get in touch in any way with eternity. I don't have a reference point. I, for most of the things I, I have in life, I have a reference point. But I don't understand eternity. I, I know some of you may. I don't understand eternity. I just know it's a long time. When my, and, but but it, it, it's, it's greater than time. When my boy, our son was a little boy, about three and a half, maybe four, somewhere like that, uh, we were discussing eternity, and uh, either my wife or I asked, Marcus, uh, can you tell us what eternity is? And he had a little bit of a speech impediment, and he said, will, or will, will. It's a, like a, a long date that never ends. And I looked at Lord Jesus. So that's kind of the way I look at it. I don't have a real reference point, but like a long day that never ends. And Jesus has invited us, you and me, just look at yourself. He has invited us into eternal fellowship with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. A eternal fellowship. We, are, we will fellowship with God forever. And the, the joys of God are greater than anything we have ever known. We have just not known that. You say, well, how do you know? I know it by the Holy Spirit. I know it by the words of Jesus. I know that. So let us look at this day differently. This one, Jesus, conquered death, defeated death. He, he defeated death by, by dying. Isn't that amazing? How, how does that register in your mind that you defeat? It's almost like I defeat this person by losing. I, I win by dying. I, I gave my life up to death in order to defeat it. And he did it. He did it because he is the eternal life. He did it because he was the first innocent man to ever die on this planet. And death had no authority because it was only the soul that sinned should die. And he had, had not sinned. He, he was not supposed to die. So when death came to destroy him, he said, I'll let you take me. He had to give up his life because death couldn't do it on its own. This is who your Savior is. You, we've got to understand these things more fully. Are you with me today? Mm. He conquered death. He conquered the grave. He is risen to never die again. The victory that he won is the victory of that of a lamb, a lamb. It was the, it's the lamb who has overcome, the lamb, Jesus. The lamb is the victor, the, not a lion. And I'll, let me just say that. I, I wasn't going to say that, but I wanted to say that because if you have been a Christian for any, any time, you have heard about the lion of the tribe of Judah and the lion of the tribe of Judah, and we've got all excited about that. There's truth there. Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah. But in Revelation 5, we find that, that John says he had wept so much because there was a scene in heaven about a scroll that nobody could open the seals or look at it. And John says he started to cry because obviously John is saying if nobody can open the, the, that scroll, nobody can loose the seals, nobody can even look at it, we're sunk. You know, it's like saying that. And those of us who are now saved ought to get excited about this man, Jesus. And so John says, I wept much. You, you, you ever seen people cry and they're still cute? 
Yeah, yeah, I've seen that. You know, <laughs> that's not what John is talking about here. John's talking about an ugly Christ. Have you seen anybody cry ugly? Yeah, I mean, I've cried ugly. And, uh, uh, and just cry ugly. John's crying ugly. You know, didn't care who was watching. He said, I wept much. Like, I was boohoo and I was shouting, I was crying. And, you know, fell on the floor almost like that. You know how little kids would do it. And they don't care who sees them, they're crying. He said, because no one was found worthy to open and read the scroll or to look at it. But one of the elders said to me, do not weep. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has prevailed to open the scroll and to loose its seven seals. And so when we would see that, we would stop there and go, the lion of the tribe of Judah. But notice what the next verse says in 6. It says, and I looked and behold, in the midst of the throne and of the four living creatures and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb. So, so the elder says, the lion of the tribe of Judah has prevailed. But he said, but when I looked, I didn't see a lion, I saw a lamb. That's the power of God in the lamb. Jesus didn't die a lion. A lion is not a sacrificial animal. Jesus died the lamb of God. And it's the lamb of God that overcame all of the viciousness of this world. And it's, it's the lamb company. I, I'm just kind of gotten all over the place in my message today. But it's that lamb company, you and, and me. We're that lamb company. That's what deals with this world system. Are you still with me? He said, and he looked, behold, in the midst of the throne and of the four living creatures stood, stood, I'm sorry, a lamb. And in the midst of the elders stood a lamb. And though it had been slain, as though it had been slain, seven horns, having seven horns, seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out to all the earth. Then he came and took the scroll out of the right hand of him who sat on the throne. That is Jesus who has purchased for us eternal salvation. And what I would like for all of us to do is I would like for us to give ourselves so much to the Lord that, that we're no longer ourselves. We, we don't no longer belong to ourselves. That we give ourselves. We are his to do whatever he wants to do. I mean, that is true freedom. Jesus was uh, going into Jerusalem and looking over Jerusalem on those final few days, and he knew it was his last week on the earth. And um, he, he, but he came to Jerusalem. He looked all over Jerusalem. He said these words: "O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her." Listen, Jesus is showing you his intent here, and he says, "How often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings." Have you ever seen that scene? Anybody? You're, you're city people, most of you. A few, few of us country people here. You've seen a chicken, a mother chicken, and the little chicks are running, and she, she wants to give them cover. She wants to hide them and protect them, and a hen like that will die for her chicks. I mean, they, they, I've seen dogs come up, and they'll, they know they can't beat that dog, but they'll attack him for those chicks. And that is the imagery that Jesus is giving to us. He says, I'm about to do something for you, the church. I've tried to do that for Israel. I've tried to do that for Jerusalem. I've tried to do that, but they wouldn't let me. He said, he said I, I was, that's what I wanted to do. I, 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 how often I wanted to gather your children together. As a hen gathers her chick, her brood under her wing. But you were not willing. You were not willing. I came and I did things that nobody had ever done. But you were not willing to come to me. But you have been willing to come. 
you have been willing to come. But this is what he said to them. See, your house is left to you desolate. So when Jesus was walking into that temple, it was the only time that truly God was there. They had no Ark of the Covenant there. It was the only time when Jesus walked in. Perhaps that's, that is what the prophet meant when he said, the glory of the latter house will be greater than that of the former. You know, perhaps that, that is also what, what the, the prophet meant because Solomon built a great, more elaborate temple, but it did not have that glory. The Son of God, God himself, walked into that temple. Perhaps that's what he meant. He says, your house is left for you desolate. And he says, he said, for I say to you, you shall see me no more till you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And so he left, they, 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 he died on that cross and he was saying, you're not going to see me anymore. I'm going to leave here and this generation will never see me again. This generation that rejected me will never see, see me again. But you and I have not rejected him. And we see him through the eyes of the, of the Spirit of God. We see him. We see him closely. We can see him moving among brothers and sisters. We see him. When people, when I was a boy, when people got saved, they say, I see, I see, I see. You know, because they saw something. They saw it spiritually. And you and I see, it, see him spiritually. And one day we're going to see him with our, our, our natural eyes. We will see him. We will behold his face. We will behold his face. So this is a very powerful time. At 3 o'clock that day, Jesus died. But, but, but before he died, um, the words of a dying man, I'm just going to give them to you quickly. We'll elaborate a little bit more. You know them, but I want to give them to you. I like saying them. Um, Jesus um, 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 said, first thing, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. They do not know what they do. Ignorantly, they killed their Messiah. They killed their own Messiah. Said, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. There was a thief. The Bible says that the, there were two thieves crucified. And the Bible says they both railed on him or reviled him. You know what that means? Like say ugly, crazy things. You know, I, I'm sure that is, is anybody here not ever said anything crazy or ugly? Well, they said ugly, no hands. They said ugly, crazy things, ugly, crazy things. But they saw something in Jesus. When you and I, we have said ugly, crazy things. But every one of us here, we have seen something in Jesus, the crucified Lord. And we don't want to say ugly, crazy things again. Hallelujah. This man, both of them railed, but one of the thieves said, man, like, to use my own vernacular, he said, man, be quiet. Don't you see, uh, this, is, uh, this man is different. This man is not like us. We deserve what we are getting, but he doesn't. Can't you tell that by now, forgiving those who are killing him? He's worshiping on a cross, being nailed to it. And he, and he, said, to, he said to Jesus, Lord, called him Lord. Remember me when you come into your kingdom. He saw him as God. And you and I are like that thief. We came to ourselves, but you don't come to yourself by yourself. God did something. That's why you came to yourself. And Jesus said to him, assuredly, amen, amen. That's like saying, verily, verily. 
certainly, certainly, I say to you that today you will be with me in paradise. Today you will be in me in the abode of the righteous. Today I'm going to take you to Abraham's bosom today. Somebody said, there ain't no last minute. Yes, last minute for this man. And last minute for anybody who confesses. Thank you, Jesus. He's a first minute and a last minute God. Took time out of his dying to forgive and to save. To take care of his mother. Somebody said, that Jesus didn't have, they said, Jesus didn't, didn't have uh, uh, brothers and sisters. That's not true. That is not true. He had brothers. No doubt sisters. and Brothers and sisters. Brothers and sisters. Now listen what happened. And here in his story, he takes time and says to Mary's mom, a woman, and that's not disrespectful, all right? Woman, you may come. Behold your son. Looking at John. And he says to John, behold your mother. And, and from that hour, John took Mary to live with him. Now, you may say, well, why did, would Jesus do that? There was James who later, who, who later became the apostle and head of the church in Jerusalem. James, none of them, John, James, Judas, none of them believed him. They did not believe uh, that their brother was the Messiah. They were actually messing with him all the time. Yeah, if you, 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 I don't see why you, you don't go there and show yourself openly and blah, blah, blah. That'd be crazy. And that's why John was called, James was called camel knees. They say he prayed, uh, history says, Josephus says he prayed so much. They said his knees were deformed. You know, after a while he prayed so much, stayed on his knees. Can you imagine? I think I would have stayed on my knees. I'm past my time, but I've, I've blown it. Uh, but can you imagine, uh, you know, living in a house with God and you're so haughty you don't know, don't recognize God. He, he stayed with God. God was probably bumped into God all the time. But yet in his arrogance, he was not, he was not humble enough to say, uh, I, Jesus is different, but probably jealous of him. And all the other brothers didn't believe either. They chimed in. So he, so this is a, is, is kind of a rebuke. I, I don't know how Jesus meant it, but I see it somewhat as a rebuke to those boys because that, I, we don't have any evidence that they were at the foot of the cross. Just Mary. And so, so who is he going to leave him with? He said, I'm going to leave with John. You with John, mom. John's going to take care of you. But later, James, when James... you just how amazing this man, Jesus, our Savior, our Lord, our God, is. When he arose, he went to James. We don't deserve this kind of Savior. But God says, I want you to have this kind of Savior. 
This is amazing. Let me hurry. Brother James, you may play. Then Jesus, at about the ninth hour, darkness had covered the whole earth, from 12 o'clock till now it was the ninth hour, the sixth hour to the ninth hour. Jesus shouts out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Sin had covered it. God the Father had placed our sin upon him. It wasn't his sin, it was our sin. And Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, everything that he was supposed to say and do, he did. I want that to be my case when I leave here. Everything that God has given me to do, I want to do it. And I want you to do it. Whatever. Whatever he has given you to do, have you been interested in it? Therefore, that the scriptures might be fulfilled, he said, I thirst. <clears throat> and it was a vessel full of sour wine sitting there. Scripture says somebody filled a sponge with sour wine, put it on hyssop, put it to his mouth. That wasn't just happenstance. In the first Passover, Jesus is our Passover. But in the first Passover, the blood had been applied to the doors of those homes with hyssop and to the lintel with hyssop. And now you see them unknowingly taking hyssop and putting it on his mouth with the sponge. For our, it says, like, for our cleansing. Then Jesus says, It is finished. It is finished. Those words are, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. Accomplished. Everything that you told me to do is accomplished. Now into your father, into your hands. Not into these murderers' hands. They can't take my life. Father, into your hands, I commit my spirit. That's your Savior. That's my Savior. Nobody could take his life, and nothing or no one can take yours either. In Jesus' name. Brother James is going to lead us in some worship right now. And Pastor Ken is going to come and he's going to give the, the communion to you, and we'll wait in a minute and we'll eat and drink together. God bless you. <laughs>